Let's do it. Welcome back to another fun-filled episode of Short Bus Cinema. I am Rick, one of your hosts, and I've got my spiny unicorn helmet on, so I can introduce my buddy, the one and only Mr. Johnny Krug. What's up, my brother? Nothing, man. Awesome. Excited to talk about today's episode. It's one of the it's one of the only movies I've seen in a long time where the strap-on's dangerous. <laughs> oh man, this movie was absolutely made for this show. There, I mean, you and I have talked about that quite a bit. This is perfect so uh it's gonna be a whole lot of fun and the person responsible for bringing this movie to us we've been talking to him for a few weeks now or i have i think johnny's been friends with him for quite a while but we've got the one and only mr joseph henson with us man what is up buddy oh not a whole lot just very excited to be on the show love the show um i i've never taken ballet but i think maybe i should i have all my brazilian jiu-jitsu probably wouldn't stand up a chance to, against this lady <laughs> No, no, Joseph. I hear, I hear that some people call you Macho Woman. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They call me Macho Woman. If you don't know who Joseph is, it's a shame because you should. Uh, from the hysteria continues, and I'm sure there is a bunch of other stuff he's involved with as well. But I saw him uh, respond to us dropping an episode a while back, and, and of course Johnny was telling me who he is, who he is, and of course I knew the show, but I didn't put it all together. So, man, it is absolutely awesome having you on the show. Well, I appreciate it. I'm glad to be on. Yeah. So he brings us, they call me Macho Woman. <laughs> they call me Macho Woman, yes. What's it, a.k.a. Uh, what, Savage Instinct? S- Savage Instinct, yeah. I first saw this in 1989 or 1990 on Showtime, I believe it was, under the title Savage Instinct. Uh, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning, and uh, I'd never forgotten it. It was just so hilarious. I laughed until my sides hurt. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like a lot of those movies from back then, they... they they all kind of had that savage moniker thing going on. And then when the movies didn't perform so well, they went with like a, a completely outlandish name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Except for blood savage. Except for blood savage. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Blood savage. <laughs> yeah. What, what's that? What is, what does that guy say in that movie? I think it's a, Oh yeah, it's this. Monterino, you're gonna die. <laughs> we can't forget still, that. <laughs> still one of my favorite Man, things ever. That movie, that movie is an endurance test. <laughs> It really I is. I was just telling somebody. I was telling somebody the other, the other day who hadn't seen it about the, uh, just about the the. Cause she was talking about how come you never see amputees in beauty competitions. I said you gotta watch Sa- Blood Salvage. They have a girl <laughs> in a wheelchair in a bikini. <laughs> oh man, fantastic! So what we're gonna do right now? We're gonna take a little short break. We're gonna come right back. And we're gonna jump into. They call me Macho Woman. See you in a second, folks. Are you sick of the same old stale podcasts? Well, then join Vanessa and David 
as they dissect movies of all kinds. The two lifelong cinema lovers bring their favorites, curiosities, and first-time watches to the operating table and inject them with a healthy dose of snark. Then there's the waiting room, where they examine books and short stories. So just look for them on iTunes, and where fine podcasts are available. They're part of the Legion Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at VDClinicPod or email them at VDClinicPod at gmail.com. They're ready to cure what ails you. And still, they just might be contagious. Get information or a pamphlet at most pharmacies or a health clinic. And now for our feature presentation. And we're back with They Call Me Macho Woman from 19... Wow, 91. Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> this movie had 80s written all over it, man. Like like late 80s. I guess it could have been filmed around uh, oh, you know, yeah. like 89 or 88. <laughs> this movie, it is written and directed by Patrick G. Donahue, who he did movies like uh, Kill Squad, Ground Rules, and this movie, of course. Which one thing I, I noticed when looking into this movie is uh, he casts his son in all the movies. But it's funny because it seems like almost every movie his son's in, like this one specifically, his son plays one of the worst characters in the movie. Um, his, in this movie, his son plays the character of Turk, who you'll find out later is uh, kind of like the bad guy's left-hand man, kind of. He's got the one earring and the dangling like cheek piercing. And oh, Scott Stapp. It's, yeah, Scott Stapp. <laughs> <laughs> but this movie, is, is stars, it, this movie stars <laughs> Susan Morris. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm reading the character names. Um, actually, it, it would probably be more important for me to read the character names anyway. Susan Morris, Mongo, Turk, Frankie, Georgie, Buck, Joey, Jake, Apples, Billy, Benny, Chang. Yeah, what are we going to name the Asian character, guys? How about Chang? Big J, Gasser. Well, which one was Gasser? There's a guy the farting everywhere, I guess. I know the one Star. I know Star. That was the only other female in the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah, Gino. <laughs> yeah, the, the names in this movie were just all goofy. I knew this movie was going to be something special whenever um, the main villain walks in and his name is Mongo. Right. I, just, I knew something was going to be just off the chain with this movie. <laughs> um, and, and it truly is. I mean, this movie, I, I would go deeper into the credits. I know the guy who played Mongo. He's apparently like in the, the Football National Passing Hall of Fame because he was like a passing coordinator or something. Wow. Yeah, he died last year, actually. Oh wow, dang! Yeah. But I mean, I mean, it, he obviously wasn't an actor, but he his presence in this movie was pretty good. <laughs> I thought he looked an awful lot like Peter Bull. Dude, this was, I, had, <laughs> I, I have you know I have it written down that it, he looks like Richard Mole's roided out brother <laughs> <laughs> from Night Court. <laughs> oh man! So the movie basically starts with this this like prolonged. <laughs> Sorry, I had to throw it in on Night Court. Hey, that's cool. <laughs> oh man, R.I.P. Harry Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> The movie starts off, and we get this long extended credit sequence, which is for for in a movie like this, you really don't need this. But but in, in the background, you get this whole work. Like I said, it's it's like a working in a coal mine soundtrack because you have kind of these 
I don't know, keyboard musical stings, but on top of it, you have like actual coal miners in the background just hat, like, chipping away. <laughs> and that continues throughout the entire movie for some reason. That but works. Let's just I, use it over and over. Well, the score never really changes, though, does it? There's no, I mean, there's not really very much variation on it the entire movie. Yeah. Which I, I found odd because there were scenes where they would have really suspenseful music playing and the scene didn't even, it didn't even need that. <laughs> I said before the show, if if you wanted to have a drinking game to the music, because it's constantly going, bang, 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 you'd be dead like five minutes in. <laughs> Alcohol poisoning. Oh, easily. Oh. The, uh, the, so the movie starts off when it actually cuts to people. Um, you see this dude, he's having just the worst day at the Splenda factory. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, he's in this place, and it's funny because everybody else is pretty, like, holding their own pretty well, and they're working on, like, I guess, the the cocaine assembly line. Right. <laughs> but you have this one guy who's just tweaking the hell out the entire time. <laughs> and the dude, the dude is just like losing his stuff. And immediately, like I said, Richard Moles, right out brother walks in and that's the main villain Mongo. And, uh, he, the dude jumps out of his chair. Like <laughs> everybody else is still calm. So he knows stuff's about to hit the fan. He basically tells the guy that, you know, the guy says the cliche line, I can quit anytime. I'm like, hey, you're working in a Coke factory. Probably not. <laughs> So they take him outside, and we get the introduction of the, this oh. head <laughs> spike harness thing. <laughs> it has like one giant spike on the front, and then a couple other spikes on the top to make it look like a little like a spiked mohawk going to, on. To quote another show that I just recently put together, it kind of looks like a cod piece for Blackie Lawless. <laughs> it does. It really does. <laughs> <laughs> this has got FLAB written all over it. Right. And, I just never, I never understood why these people. I mean, Mongo picks them up like by their shoulders or by their neck, and before he like impels them with a spike thing. None of these people with their dangling legs think to kick Mongo between the nuts. Or exactly. Anything. Yeah. No. <laughs> Not at all. And I, I like this because Mongo doesn't even do it very fast. It's almost like a slow head piercing, like right in the middle of their their temple <laughs> or, hey. or their forehead. But did you notice that there's not. There's not one drop of blood. When he, it's like just there's a little tiny hole there when he drops him on the ground. Johnny, you said the magic word. You said. Yeah, this was it was like a half-assed Nike ad going on in that in that murder. Oh man! Well, it makes you wonder. It makes you wonder too, like how on board these people are because they all gathered around him within five seconds. It was like it was like a circle pit going on. Yeah. It takes him longer to strap the thing on his head than anything else, and then. <laughs> And of course, when after he he picks the dude up, like you said, he's just no, don't do it. Everybody's like, do it, do it. And then, so he kills the dude, and then it's he goes right back into the the manager giving the speech on the on the shop floor. Right, it kind of turns. We can into do this, guys. It's like <laughs> protect our lab from traitors and intruders. One more week, and we'll disband. We'll have all the money we ever need. <laughs> yeah. that, that sounds like yeah. a line from the Backstreet yeah. Boys last tour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 All right, I'm going to say it. These could be the dumbest drug dealers. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I've ever seen in my life, man. Because he, he could be he could be the dumbest like leader of of the drug dealing cartel because he makes a lot of <laughs> dumb decisions throughout the movie. I think I think strapping that thing to his head before every kill kind of 
you know, like when because people go, they, like Joseph said, they have the chance to get away, and there are times when people do get away. Yeah. Or, well, I say people; it's more of person gets away because there's not really a lot of <laughs> protagonists in the movie. I guess because they're so high at the time, they just don't think about running away. <laughs> I don't. Hey, no, they can quit at any time, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do it, do it. <laughs> Next, we get to meet one of my favorite characters in the movie, and. He's not in it very long. It's Cecil the Realtor. No. <laughs> what do you guys Cecil. think about Cecil the Realtor, man? He is, a, he is a cock, man. He just he just abandons poor Susan. <laughs> just leaves her by the wayside to die. Um, man, I guess I guess it comes with the territory in selling real estate. You gotta be, you know, cutthroat and ruthless. Right. He's a shark. But yeah, you get uh, uh our our heroine of the of the movie looking for a new place to live and this guy's trying to sell her a a piece of real estate, and uh, yeah, you kind of get this going on. This is some. Inc- I, I just gotta say, while we're talking about this, the acting in this movie is incredible. <laughs> and when I mean when I say incredible, I mean not incredible. <laughs> Don't let the width of the road frighten you. Many times I've been on this road and you haven't seen a soul. And the times I have, they've all been courteous. Real nice people live in this area. I consider myself a good driver. It doesn't bother me. <laughs> it kind of makes you wonder how many times Cecil has been on this road. If, if he thinks all nice people live on this road, has he never run into these people before? I I, I feel like they survey that road pretty well. Or think, survey that road. Pretty I think well. he knows. He's just trying to make a sale. Hey, there's, yeah. there's drug dealers that live over there, but I'm not going to pretend that's even around. Well, I, I like this also because we meet like when we meet him and Susan. He's driving over there. The first thing he gets into is, so your husband's dead, right? <laughs> is, that the money, is that the money you're using to buy this property? And then once things get a little tense, he's like, no, you know, a realtor just should just know the pricing options. I'm like, that's how you brought it up? Like, <laughs> it's almost like he could say something like, yeah, there's like 15 drug dealers over there, but don't worry about it. you got great curb appeal. Yeah. <laughs> and I oh, love, man. I love the scene where, I mean, this is just ridiculous, but. When the tire blows out, you know they're taking they're taking the trip out to find this piece of land. She's gonna he's gonna show her to her the house or whatever it is, and the tire blows out. And I love when he's changing the tire. The fact <laughs> she just picks up rocks and starts throwing them at a tree, but, but then she goes and picks up the same rocks that she was throwing to step back and throw them again. She's standing on a gravel road. There's, I don't know, a bajillion rocks. Why do you go pick up the same ones you just threw and come back and throw them again? Just say it. <laughs> no kidding. I want to tell you something funny about these two characters also is uh, if you go through IMDb and if you go through the, the credits at the end of this movie, Susan and Cecil are the only two characters in the entire movie with a last name. I don't know why they gave Cecil a last name. <laughs> Because it's never brought up. They never really say it when he's, you know, at his, at, at the. In fact, we didn't even bring up his realty store, which looked like one of those like farm stores. <laughs> Oops, I like the fact that Cecil makes her change the tire. Right. Uh, yeah. That seems that seems about right, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's that thing of trying to show that she's got a, she's got skill. She would, she's not just a, a girl in a in a sweater. She she can do things, you know. It kind of comes in handy with the last part where she just basically turns into Rambina. There's 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 foreshadowing. So give the film a little credit. There's foreshadowing. She can handle herself. Right. I got another sound bite here. Let's see what this is. I don't even know. Jesus, what the hell was that? That guy could have killed us. Oh, yeah. Now, Susan, relax. Please. 
<laughs> Probably just a couple of kids out having fun. No big deal. I don't think so, Cecil. That looked like the truck I saw back at a ranch where we had the flat tire. So yeah, she's she was throwing the rocks and she could see Mongo down there at the bottom. Or I think they saw her. I don't even know that she acknowledges she sees him. Does she do that? I think she does. No, maybe. she doesn't, but he does. But he sees her, but she just said she saw him. So there you go. Oh yeah, she never does acknowledge that she did though until she says it right then. Yeah, that's funny. I so, never paid attention to that. Yeah, but you know that's what happens there. They they try to run him off the road. And that was the reaction. So sorry, that's a little bit out of order. I didn't know what I was just looking at it, and it just said, "What the hell, acting?" <laughs> hey, that's a perfect note to take, actually. <laughs> what, what happens? What happens next? Though, like, how are they run off the road? Like, because I know they run off the road, but then the car, the cars like flipped yeah. into like a ditch. Yeah, we got that right here too. I'm not dead. <laughs> I'm not dead. I'm not dead. I'm not dead. Hell of a ride. Cecil, oh. my legs are stuck. I can't move. Look at my car. I'm <laughs> out. No, Cecil, wait. Help me out of here. I'll get help. Wait, please help me out. God damn you, Cecil, let me out of here. Help. <laughs> Trust me, Susan. I'll get help. Trust me. <laughs> Trust I love this though, because he gets up there to the he gets up there to the road, and uh, you know he's kind of hiding behind a bush where you, anybody can see him. That's any and if you're in any kind of vehicle, <laughs> if you're in a Vespa, you can see him hiding behind this like little bush. <laughs> and then he this truck passes by and he runs out and gets in there. And, I mean, we really don't have to make a note of it, but he's wearing, like, what, this, like, weird tweed jacket or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a nasty uh, Argyle jacket. Yeah, because it comes back <laughs> a, a few minutes later. But bef- before this point, though, like, Susan's on the ground, like, crawling out, trying to kind of hide from the other guys that show up. And it's weird because it's, like, the one time in the history of the world when spiders and snakes decided to, like, become teammates and just hang out on top of a woman. <laughs> she, she has snakes. Like at first there's a spider on her hand. I'm like, Oh, well that's unfortunate. And then all of a sudden there's a snake on her leg. And I'm like, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> like, it's like she, she, she fell on the ground near like next to like a reptile farm or something. It, it is. It's exactly <laughs> like that. <laughs> this is where she e- eases her way up to the farmhouse that she's looking she for. Thinks help. She sees Cecil. She oh, thinks she right. sees him going in, right? Yeah. Yeah, she yeah she thinks she sees Cecil there because it's uh, some the, the dude I can't remember his name but he's got it he's got Cecil's jacket on he's I think it's apples it's apples <laughs> yeah apples yeah apples <laughs> and again again the names in this aren't super important they're just funny <laughs> oh man and this guy man <laughs> did you, you know, feel like okay before we get into it, about apples like apples and there's one other character and I'm I'm sorry I don't have the name of him but the black guy I yeah. feel like after they're they're most reprehensible in this entire movie. They try to make them like the comic relief. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, it's what they try like, to I do. Think, they did, but it's like I feel like you guys have like already messed that up because these guys are vile. <laughs> because she gets into this barn and this dude immediately like goes to attack her. <laughs> and uh, it's she, like it's like everybody's trying to get a little something something jiggy jiggy with her. Dude, like every five seconds, like they, they leave her like alone, and one person will show up. It's like, well, I guess I'm gonna get my rape on right now, and then they'll get you know stymied, and then someone else will show up five seconds later to try to rape her. It's like, it's like I spent a year grave, but just an even more retarded community. 
It's, no, it it kind of makes you ask, why even keep her alive to begin with? I mean, otherwise, I guess we wouldn't have a movie. Though. Well, they're they're trying. That's that's the thing. That's how dumb these guys yeah. are. They're trying their best to kill her, and they just can't. <laughs> well, I don't know if you even have an audio clip of this, but she walks into the barn, and he says something. Yeah, he's, he's like, I guess, I guess your friend didn't like me. And he's like, and he says something about the jacket, because he's, yeah, he's wearing like, that jacket. You like my coat? <laughs> yeah. Well, then he immediately like runs, like chases after her, and one of her lines she says is, "I've always hated that coat" or something like that. I'm like, "What?" Right. <laughs> it was so out of place. Yeah, you just met him five <laughs> minutes ago. I always hated that coat. <laughs> Cecil had to make about ten sales to get that at Kmart. <laughs> oh man, all right, she, she runs and she runs and gets in that closet, and I think, or you know, you see her reach up. Of course, she turns on the light, and then you, then Cecil falls. He's dead. He's in the closet, and then. She grabs a coat hanger, and I'm thinking, all right, she's going to pull a, a, a Michael Myers here, right? She's going to, like, poke him in the eye or whatever. <laughs> and this is, <laughs> this is just ridiculous, man, because dude reaches inside the door, not bust the door open. I mean, he actually turns the doorknob and opens it, sticks his hand in there, and she takes a coat hanger and ties his hand to the doorknob. Now... And then, and then he says, "You're hurting me." I don't know how slow. You know what's funny, though? I don't know how slow you have to be to let somebody do this to you. <laughs> but uh, yeah. his his reactions are not very quick. And then the, the rest of the time he's going, "Please let me go. If you let me go, I'll be nice to you." <laughs> and no, and he does that. But like he'll, he, it's like he goes between being nice and he's like, "Let me go." And all of a sudden he's like, "You bitch! You're a bitch, bitch! I hate your bitch, bitch ass!" And it's like, and then he'll go back to, "Come on, let me go." I'm like, "Okay, you're not making it very sympathetic, dude." I feel like these bad guys they're they're just morons because like in between scenes of like her trying to escape the barn and them chasing after, they'll they'll cut back to the barn of them trying to like basically box up all their coke. But someone yeah. keeps dropping it, dropping it all over the ground, so they'll just scoop it off the ground. So how many times are you going to drop the Coke on the ground? How are you going to make a sale off of that? Oh, I, I have that later in some of the later notes. Because, yeah, I noticed, that, I noticed that, too. They're just they're getting, like, hands full of sawdust and everything in there. Yeah. <laughs> scoop it up. It sawdust. <laughs> the, the, first thing, the first thing she says when she gets in that closet, because, Ricky, you said she gets in there and turns the light on. Yeah. But the first thing she says is, I'm afraid of the dark. <laughs> You're like, this is going to be our hero, guys. This is going to be our hero. <laughs> and she ties dude's hand up to the door, and he's screaming like a <laughs> screaming like Banshee. <laughs> and then uh, she finds an opening at the top of this closet and <laughs> jumps out of it and comes around to the front of the barn. And lo and behold, the whole cocaine gang is standing there. <laughs> and she runs into Scott's. <laughs> she runs into Scott Stapp. <laughs> and he's trying to decide what to do with her. And you get a weird confrontation here of different people trying to make moves on her. I think even the black dude says, let me have her for a while. I know what to do. So everybody's fighting over this girl like they, I don't know, I guess because uh, the other chick's the only chick they've ever seen. I don't know. It's just a weird situation. And then all of a sudden somebody goes and turns apples loose. And <laughs> this cracks me up, man. He's running out. She's mine. I'm going to kill her. And he grabs her and he, and he, bites her like through the sweater it's just the most hysterical thing it's like that couldn't have hurt that bad <laughs> <laughs> all the shoulder pads probably should have protected him right a bit. yeah 
like a few seconds later, they got her tied up in the barn, and uh, she she ends up getting in a fight with that girl, that other girl, and uh, all the other guys kept running in there after them, and they're on the and, and up in the loft, and it, it, she goes out the the door like the barn door up yeah. on the second floor with a girl. It's obvious stunt person in a wig. It's just so funny. Oh, for both of them, yeah. It's it's a guy in a wig. You can tell. <laughs> you were talking about everybody's trying to like get a piece of her. I think even Star was right. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like, she was. She was like kissing yeah. all over her and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but Jeez. I love the scene when they fall out of the barn, they land on those hay bales, and then <laughs> they stand up, and she just punches Star in the face, but it's such a bad punch, but you get the typical Hanna-Barbera <laughs> sound. <laughs> it, it goes, if you notice, though, like, I, I watched that in slow motion, actually, and her her hand goes about one foot over Star's head, and then... <laughs> and then like a hair or something, almost. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then it cuts, and all of a sudden you see Star, like, flying out of frame. <laughs> It was just really bad. Uh, <laughs> and then from there, we get where Scott Stapp grabs her, where, where she kisses him, then slaps him, then slaps him. <laughs> it seems like they take they spend a lot of time like chasing her out into the woods, and then somebody somehow they all end up back at the barn, and then they'll go back out in the woods again. So it can get a little confusing. Yeah. It, well, well after, and, I, really, it is at points because I'm like, is are they back at the barn again? Like, what's going on here? <laughs> and you do get the point where out, out in the woods where the black guy gets a hold of her and she fixes him oh, up the, pretty yeah. good. That, that's uncomfortable, though. Like, man, that's like there are a couple scenes in this movie, and they're both pretty close together. And this is one of them: is when he's got her on the ground, and he's just pretty much just like, yeah. like cupping her gaunch, man. Just like <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, dude. Like she fixes him, uh, yeah. though. Oh yeah, yeah, he gets a twig to the ear. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> they spend the whole the rest of the movie that whole that lame "I can't hear you" joke. Right. Which, oh you, man, here you, you go. Drink every time they did that. Here it is. <laughs> Yeah. And so the rest of the movie, you got him and Apples together, and Apple will say something here like, What? What'd you say? They really did, man. They, they overdid the comedy with these two after this point. <laughs> yeah, pretty ridiculous. <laughs> or, you know, I say comedy then in quotations, really, because the whole what did he say thing got old after like the, th- the second or third time. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like the I feel like the writer of this film had a sense of humor, but it, it was like a, a very juvenile sense of humor. He Absolutely. thought, you know, maybe if this guy this guy saying this like a hundred times would be funny. Once is funny, one hundred times uh, you're like, okay, get to the point. <laughs> and it's, some well, of these things are cliches you've seen time and time again too. So even even at oh, this yeah. point, it, this was nothing new. This was this was old school crap. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like at this point though that they actually catch her again right after this and I like that they leave her with the absolute horniest guy in the bunch <laughs> they're like who should we leave her with let's leave her with horny Greg over here <laughs> horny Greg <laughs> yeah. and so there's this whole scene where it's it's weird like he's, he becomes really rapey but then she's like trying to talk through her through her bandaged mouth or like taped mouth I got it, I got it right here <laughs> That. You scream, and I'll cut your eyes out. If I did that, I'd have a bar full of men beating me and slapping me around. I wouldn't want that. All I want is you. <laughs> oh, man. Playing the oh, sex boy. card. <laughs> well, you know what, though? Right before that, though, before she takes the tape off, when she's trying to tell him to take the tape off, he's like, you're really getting me out of the mood. 
<laughs> was there a mood set? You're getting out of the rapey mood? <laughs> I like just a few minutes later after she uh, sticks the twig in the in the black guy's ear. Um, so basically she runs through the woods a little bit more and she happens upon that, who, who's basically the financier of the whole operation. Ooh, and he, lives, he, he lives like just like like a block away. I mean, if this guy's wanting to stay off the radar, wouldn't you think he'd live like a couple of states away? He lives like, like next door to this whole drug operation. Yeah. Well, and, and I like it also because this this old guy, he 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 basically is pretty loaded for what they they make him sound, you know, through the entire movie. But like he said, they're saying the same stuff that Mongo's saying about how we just need these next two sales, and then we're all made for life. Why does he care? <laughs> like, why does he care about them being set for life? Yeah. Yeah, it just he's that he's that rare bad guy with a little bit of compassion for his for his uh for his orderlies or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh man. man! Well, she's in there with this guy, and and how does she could she does she convince him to like untie one of her hands? Yeah, I think she gets her hands kind of down, and then I think she he goes to kiss her, and she just moves out of the way, and there's a conveniently placed. Nail? <laughs> you, you yeah. can't tell me. You can't tell me that Mongo didn't place that nail strategically in case he wasn't around to headbutt you, you to death. <laughs> he said, "Well, my, my my head spikes at the cleaners. I better put this nail in here." <laughs> it's great too because the guy lands on it like almost slowly and just land. He's just standing there with his pants down and his head against this pole. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here's the thing is when he's with her, his pants are not down. I've actually looked at this two or three times. I'm like, this doesn't make any sense because. His pants are still up. I mean, I don't even think they're unzipped at this point. I think she's kind of getting to the point. But when everybody runs in later and finds him, his pants are down around his ankle. And I'm like, did she oh, yeah. do something to him while while he was dead? <laughs> <laughs> That's Just some David and stuff. <laughs> but I did. I caught that. And I was like, you hey, wait a minute. His pants are not even down. And now they're way down. And I know people have like nervous reactions and stuff when they die. But I doubt pulling your pants down is one of them. <laughs> maybe you know what though they, they say you do crap yourself maybe he crapped that much that he just he didn't wear he didn't wear a belt that day and the pants just fell to the ground uh, survey says Johnny. <laughs> Johnny you were talking about how basically these the, the financier guy and Mongo basically have these long drawn out conversations about one or, one or two more sales and you know we'll have all the money for life I feel like that like that's the dude's whole purpose in this movie is just to provide exposition. Sure. For like oh, what, yeah. little, what little plot there is. He, he's like the ex- expository guy. Otherwise, well, what, he, he really has no place in this film at all. Right. Well, what the hell is Mongo going to buy when he's set for life? Another, like, is he going to buy just a giant head spike? Does he look like Beefcake the Mighty from Guar? <laughs> he's got one with like a ruby on the end of it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's something I love after? It's right after this because she escapes again. And you get Mongo. Mongo's already been, he's been given pretty much an ultimatum by the old dude, the, the financier guy. But he tells them, he's like, he's like, bring her back, dead or alive. 5,000 for alive, 10,000 for dead. I'm like, wouldn't you make that the opposite? Like, wouldn't you want to, like, you would think that you'd want to be the one to kill her so she's caused so much trouble, so you would give more money for that. Plus, well, you'd have peace of mind knowing that she's, you know, she's yeah, dead, dead. Actually, it was just the way that because almost every other movie you hear, like when you see like a movie like Bad Boys, they're like, "Bring him in, dead or alive." They, they usually the ultimatum is that the the lower cost is for bringing him in alive right. or from dead. I mean, <laughs> yeah, because the the head honcho wants to do it themselves again. Yeah, I think they did that in uh, the Dark Knight where the gamble wanted to 
kill the Joker. So maybe maybe they got that from this movie. Again, this is the dumbest you know bunch what, of drug dealers ever. <laughs> I, you know, I, Joseph, I'm not I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna pretend that Christopher Nolan didn't rip this off. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see that all over the Dark Knight now. Mongo yeah. pretty much is Heath Ledger. Yeah. <laughs> It's a nuanced performance, I'll tell you that. <laughs> so I think oh. this is the part where she runs out in the road and hooks up with the other dudes, right? The, the, like the teenagers or something, yeah. or the guys in the car. How you know, weird like the, is this scene, man? Jersey douchebags. Like, the, she runs out in the middle of the road and they slam on the brakes once they get about, you know, 100 yards from her. And the guy, the driver's like, yeah, women are always chasing me no matter where I go. <laughs> what? And so... Oh. She gets in the car, and before they pull off or anything, I mean, she sits there and tells them for a good five minutes that she's in danger. People are trying to kill her. They're running after her. And she's obviously, you know, in distress and stuff. But these guys are just wanting to, like, crack open beers and, like, pretty much just enjoy their day. And you, you, to crack you know something. what I found the <laughs> You know what I found the funniest about the scene? And I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I noticed it today rewatching it that the guy in the back seat who looks almost like Cheech Marin, they, they, the, they hand him the first beer. He cracks it open and hands it to the driver. Then they hand him the second beer. He cracks it open and hands it to the passenger. How hard is it to open your own damn beer? <laughs> yeah, really? <laughs> Why did they have Cheech open it for him? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, he's the only one who didn't clip his nails that day or something? Or <laughs> I don't know. It's weird. Drink himself to death on his crappy beer. <laughs> <laughs> I-, I like this whole scene with him. I mean, besides... Besides the fact that they become very, very again, like Joseph said, they you know not one person in this movie can meet her without wanting a piece of her. Yeah, yeah. which is funny because I mean she she, she got was, the power of the hoochie coochie. Apparently, man, freaking Charo <laughs> up in there. Yeah. <laughs> but so they're in the car and they're driving and they're having a good time and uh, they haven't even really mentioned any of the rapey stuff yet. But all of a sudden, she sees a cross, looks like across a quarry or like a, a valley or something. She sees a cop car, a sheriff's <laughs> car going, and she, she points it out. And so they, like, slam her head down. The guy They make it sound like they're not going back to the clink or something. Right. <laughs> and so they pull off the road, and they they, they have Cheech in the back. They have uh, the they kind of have the guy in the front who's, again, like, uh, and I spit on your grave. He's kind of like the hesitant one who doesn't want to do any harm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they, they tell him, oh, no, don't worry, man. You get to go first. What are you, a sissy? And I'm like, this is, uh, I don't know if sissy is the right word. I mean. <laughs> this is all very disturbing. It is, really. Yeah, yeah. it does have a, you know, little last house to lift kind of feel to it going on. It's it's really weird to be in the middle of this movie. And then all of a sudden it turns into a, a predator movie because they start getting attacked by things that don't, it's not even there. And I'm like, so how did we go from the dumbest the dumbest Dude. druggies in the world that can't even knock this girl off. She, you know, stabbing people in the ear with a stick, and now they're being attacked like this. You know, incredible monsters attacking them. So, Dude, weird. this predator scene is amazing, man. It's like, really good. The way these guys die. The way these guys die is awesome, but it seems supernatural. Like, I wonder yeah. if someone wrote a supernatural like angle in this movie and then just dropped it because, okay, the first guy you can see him getting his head slammed through a window. And kind of like, you know, that was kind of brutal looking where he's dragged across the window glass. Yeah. But but then the next guy has a noose come through the back window, grab him by the neck. <laughs> you don't see anybody. And you just see it hang him up by a tree. 
it's and like then, I, I call shenanigans because they, they're so incompetent. Yet at this one scene where they're killing all the people in the car, it's like they're efficient and stealthy. It's like what? Give me a break! It does, right. it does not add up. Well, the next one is the one that gets me though. The one where you actually have a car that, that it's a like blood car. The guy gets out of the vehicle to check the engine, and he says that they pulled they pulled some kind of wires. But I'm like, your your hood's been down the whole time. How did they pull this wire? <laughs> they and, one of those like little things where they just slide under the car. He's like, well. You may have got a Phillips screwdriver here. Well, I love this, though, because like you, you get another noose that comes around. It gets around his ankles and drags him under the car. And the car literally pops yeah. up like it's in Compton, dr- <laughs> jumps on top of him, and then makes almost like a gulping sound. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Where do they get this hydraulic car at? <laughs> and then after that, you get everybody standing there, and she comes out of the car. Mongo pulls up in his big, ugly truck. <laughs> straps on the headband because finally he's got her. Now she's up on the hood of the car and all these people are standing out there in front of her so she can't get away. <laughs> we get this great line. Oh, jeez. A fucking unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> what did she say? <laughs> she said a... Fantastic. <laughs> and, 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 then it goes, and then it goes straight into Hanna-Barbera territory. Absolutely. Just in, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> she's standing there, and she knows that she's about to bite the dust, I guess. So she decides. She starts walking on their heads. As, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's like her, her ninja skills kicked in, and she's lighter than a feather, and she literally steps across these people's heads. It's like Ninja Guide trying to balance on things while things are flying at you. Right. It's it's the thirty six total video games. Total yeah. video games. Well, she she even walks across Mongo's head and he's got the spikes on top. Right. So I'm like, man, yeah. even then, like her, she didn't get her kids pierced. Man, <laughs> she's got those nice. She got those nice boots that she earlier in the film where she's being chased. She stops long enough to put them on, even though they're like two feet behind her. Oh, I forgot about that scene. That was ridiculous. Where they're like, <laughs> and it's funny because they're like, they're like slowly falling, trying to get up the hill while she's throwing her, her shoes on. Uh, yeah, and during all that shenanigans going on, there was <laughs> there was this where you get a couple of guys that are trying to shoot at her, and they're dumb enough to get in each other's paths. So you kind of get a little. Uh, Brotherly love right here. Stop it, son of a bitch! You almost shot me! Who you called a stupid son of a bitch, you asshole? Fucking idiot! Don't call me an idiot! Stupid! Alright, <laughs> hey, we got a job to do! Let's go get her! Let's go! Oh. <laughs> Who are you calling Scott Stapp, Fred Durst? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and, and that's a, that's an app description, Johnny, because these people do it all for the nookie. That's right. <laughs> they no. never get it, though. <laughs> they, just, they never they get fall it, short yeah. of it. Well, Scott Stapp wants to, though, because he says this. Losing my temper, fuck. I want her real bad. Let's get her this way. <laughs> I want her real bad. I want, I want her with my arms wide open. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, it was earlier when you were saying she was light as a feather. That's all I could think. It was like, yeah, every dude, they're stiff as a board. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> and then we get just more chasing going on. And then you get one point where uh, she takes off in the, she finally gets to the cop car, right? And she's taking off in this car. And Scott Stapp and Greg Allman get together and t- tell Mungo <laughs> that she's. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty apt. I like that. That's good. And tells Mungo that she's driving the car. 
And it kind of goes like this. <laughs> got her in a sheriff's car. We got her. It was my idea, too. So where's the car? That's the problem. She's driving the car. She's driving the car. She's driving the fucking car. What do you mean? It's no problem. She's <laughs> heading for the canyon. You take what a shortcut through there. Boom! We got her. No big deal. Okay, fuckhead. You better be right. I'll be back at the ranch. She's driving the car. She's driving the car. What does that mean? <laughs> I'll be back at the ranch. He's like, I'll be back at the ranch. Of course you will. That's the only two places you people know how to go is dirt roads and the ranch. Well, you know, and she keeps, before they get to that scene right there, when she first steals the car, or she doesn't really steal it because the cop's dead, but um, when she first gets in the car and they get into that argument on the side of the road calling each other names, the, they're, the, they're, the, the guy's like, the big dude says, oh, we all know where this road goes. All you have to do is go through there. I'm like, <laughs> so basically, it's it's a winding road that goes almost like up a mountain kind of area, and apparently, as long as you take a shortcut through the woods, you can always catch up with somebody. <laughs> I have to retroactively ask, I mean, what was Cecil trying to sell her? I mean, because it, it looks like the only place, things out here are dirt roads, uh, a farmhouse, and that, that financier's house. I mean, what, was she buying land, or was there a house out there they didn't know about? He made it seem so, like it was a house. Yeah. I, I think he had an alternative, alternative motive. I think he was just trying to get her out there alone so, uh, you know, he could show her the jacket. <laughs> Your husband's I mean, dead, right? How much money you got? <laughs> I mean, everybody else in this town's trying to hit on her. Why wouldn't Cecil? Cecil had a last name. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there you go. That's yeah, that's a good one. Oh. <laughs> I love oh. the scene where they're basically they're chasing her. Uh, obviously, it's another chase scene, one of the one of many. But uh, she's already in the car, and they they uh, they're they're trying to catch back up with her, and, and like three guys just tumble down this long hill. It's almost like Chris Farley in, in one of his movies where he just tumbles down a hill forever. Absolutely, yeah, I got it here. I said the morons climb up a hillside when she drives. They shoot up the car, but she's not in it. She, she runs <laughs> off, but these idiots just fall, and it's it just goes on and on and on. Yeah. But she goes to a work. She stops. She stops when one of them gets hit. She stops, opens the door, and looks. Yeah, and she just like, keeps driving. Oh, my God. <laughs> just <laughs> takes off. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I do not know. I, I'll say this. I do not know how she uh, – I mean, there are things – this is a movie you don't ask questions on. Right. But – Whenever she goes down the road, and then they all run into the road to the other side, and then she goes, she goes back down the road, and then she starts heading back the other direction again. Yeah, they they run back up the hill, and her car has someone visibly driving it, and it it actually turns a corner before crashing down an embankment. And <laughs> when they get down there, they notice that it's the cop and it's not her. But I'm like, how did the dead cop steer that thing? <laughs> yeah. Oh, but yeah, she so takes. Did off. she set him up to do that? It's like, I don't know. No, we I'm must sure have, she it did. must have been a cut scene or something. Yeah. I don't know. I think we can have Bernie's ripped this off, man. She was burning him. <laughs> <laughs> you got uh, you got Jonathan Silverman and freaking uh, Andrew. What's his name? McCarthy. Back yeah, yeah, back there rigging this cop. They're they're sorely upset again because they get down there and they realize that she outsmarted us again. Well, it's not very hard to do, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you guys set the you set the the, the boundaries pretty low. <laughs> No, at this point, we're 50 minutes into the movie, and they've been outsmarted like 20 times. I think it's going to be par for the course by this point. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she she finds a work shed to hide in, take a break. That has It has <laughs> electricity and everything in the yeah, middle of nowhere. 
I love I love how she finds these rusty axes and she polishes them for like two seconds and they're silver and shiny and brand new. After she's done polishing them, I mean, this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but, but basically later when she shows up back at the farmhouse, she'd already set up all these booby traps. We didn't even see any of that. So, I mean, exactly. <laughs> it was like it was like a. All I could think of during the scene, because it was actually a really long scene, was uh, booby traps and other anti-personnel devices from Elba Street. Except for they only gave us half of it, <laughs> which right. yeah. still went on for quite a while. Cause she polishes that one axe for a good three minutes, man. Yeah, yeah and I basically <laughs> said dips it in the water. <laughs> she has a dream sequence where she, they come in there and they kill her, but she wakes up and she decides to go Bruce Campbell Eva Dead two on them. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> It's kind of dumb, though, that she, she you know, had that nightmare because she should know better than anybody that Mongo doesn't kill people with a hatchet. <laughs> In the dream, he doesn't have his, he doesn't even have the thing strapped to his head. Right, right. <laughs> oh, we got we to gotta talk about this, though, because it's a complete filler for no reason. But it's when the drug lord meets the other drug lord in town. Oh, I love that. It's hilarious because the dude's like, uh, well, one of them says, hey, we've had some kids die from this stuff you've been selling us. It's making you look bad. I'm like. He's a drug dealer. Yeah. <laughs> of course he's going to look bad. He's <laughs> supposed to be one of those uh, clean-cut, you know, upstanding uh, citizen drug dealers. Pillar oh. of the community. I mean, come on. I like that, uh, that, that that when she's polishing those axes in that shed, it's like, did she have some, like, Noxon or Tarnax Ex- in there? Somewhere? Exactly. Like, these axes look so, <laughs> like, brand new. Not to mention that, but she goes from nappy-headed to Vidal Sassoon as well. Yeah. <laughs> And she she gets clean clothes, clean clothes, clean jeans, brand new jeans like Jordache jeans. That she that they're just kind of slightly ripped to kind of give that fashion sense. Got her bongos on, yeah, <laughs> her BKs. Hey, you know when the, the scene where he goes and meets that other drug dealer guy, the black dude. There's one line from that that cracked me up. And you, did you get it, Ricky? I probably not. It's where yeah. the old the old white dude passes the guy the keys and says, "Go ahead and keep it." I, I, it's it's stolen or something. Or I don't even own it. And the black dude hands the keys off to like his his henchman and says, "He's like get the drugs out of there." He's like thieving ass, thieving yeah. something. <laughs> like he wants the he wants the drugs because he's not dealing with theft at this. But you know, right. theft is too much. <laughs> That's where yeah. I draw the line. <laughs> yeah, a little some petty shoplifting. I won't do that. But hey, I'll I'll pass some drugs around. No problem. And no wonder two or three of the kids have died. I mean, like you see how they they they, they operate. <laughs> <laughs> it, it drops on it drops in a pile of like campfire ash. Just scoop it up, throw it back in the bag. <laughs> uh, so oh, I the, think there's an earthworm in there now. Ooh, eh, who cares? This is where we get full fledged macho woman going on right here, man. She is ready uh, to rock. She walks back up oh, yeah. to the ranch, and come on, guys. I mean, how can this we? Is- <laughs> yeah, this is my favorite scene in the movie when she gets to the ranch and basically just tries to enact her revenge against these Cretans. Absolutely, it's, I love it. She gets in. She gets in a karate fight with a uh, Chang or Ping Pong or whatever his name is. Um, basically, you know, he does all these these wicked karate moves, and he like he does like this front kick and his his legs up in the air. He's like he's like karate black belt nine years. She stabs him in the foot with her with this little spike on her foot. She's like ballet six months, and then later. And then later, he's like, "You have disgraced me. We must fight to the death." I'm like, "You tried to fight to the death. She put a she put a spike in your foot." <laughs> well, he broke the, he broke that brick over his face, and she was like, "You big deal, right?" <laughs> so yeah, I actually have yeah. that here. Black belt, fifteen years. <laughs> Belly, six months. Whoa! <laughs> 
<laughs> so you know what though? She, that right wearing... there, that 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 right there shows you why she was able to walk on heads. Because ballet, right. man, ballet, ballet, ball, the key ballerinas. <laughs> yeah, they're they're like light as air. It worked in Roadhouse. <laughs> that is my that is my all time favorite line in almost any movies. You have disgraced me. We must fight to the death. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it too because she's wearing she's wearing a pair of pole climbing spikes, you know, for like going up and changing stuff up, <laughs> electricity poles and stuff. Ninja three domination stuff going absolutely, on. Absolutely, right absolutely, man. My, yeah, I would almost watch these movies back to back now. <laughs> <laughs> and she just, you know, dude's got his foot up in the air and he says that and she just plants that spike right through his foot. I have to admit, it's pretty dang awesome. But yeah, I've got the other line it's- too. You have disgraced me. <laughs> now, let's fight to the death. <laughs> and then she, <laughs> how about when she throws the, the axe and then she, and it hits the dude in the chest, and then she throws her bull whip, and it wraps around it, and she pulls the axe back to her. <laughs> so what that was she learning these skills? She was in. She's like this, like this mousy kind of you know meek little woman, and who basically spends like five minutes in a shack, and all of a sudden she's like commando. <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost like it's like Jim Cotta. It's like they teach you two crafts. Like she went to ballet school, but she also learned all this, all this <laughs> other like survival stuff. Anyways, back to <laughs> Chang or Chong, whichever his name is. He says this line of, you got to fight to the death now. (laughs) She just throws a couple of big nails right in his eyes. (laughs) Yeah, and I love how he basically, he's he's so disgraced that he just basically commits like eyeball Harry Carey on himself to commit suicide. (laughs) He he takes his hands and just plows them all the way through. Yeah, I think I think as the as the only Asian person in in that group of thugs, I think his disgrace should have started a long time ago. <laughs> it's like so racist. It's like, <laughs> oh my goodness, it's fantastic. So yeah, yes. but after this, the, is this when they start to chase her like into the woods? Absolutely. This is this is this is the chase around and like grab her junk. <laughs> But, yeah, but, well, that was earlier. She's still she was still wearing her old like her, her dress then because um, oh. yeah, she 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 honks herself like like before she gets <laughs> exactly. in the car. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Oh, forgot about that. Nice <laughs> and Mongo. Honk, honk. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, and and how about the oh god? I mean, you you gotta you gotta have this. <laughs> Peter, man, let's split. Dump this whole operation, man. We got enough money. No way, she's gonna die. <laughs> Listen to me. She's gonna die, Turk. Listen to me. She's gonna die. You understand? She's gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you trying to say, Mongo? <laughs> Basically, she gets these guys back out in the woods again. And, you know, she starts picking them off one by one. And I like how basically when Mongo and Turk are the only ones left, they're like, well, you know, these people are dead, but hey, that's that's more money for us, less to split between everyone. And Mongo's like, yep, that's a good strategy to have. <laughs> How about when she does a Tarzan, she kicks Greg Almond in the face, <laughs> and she slams into that tree like Daffy Duck? Oh, oh she ziplines, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty great, actually. <laughs> uh, this is, I, I can't remember exactly how um, Apples and uh, Turk die. Like, Oh, of course, uh, Apple... Uh, I can't remember if he's the one that gets slammed into into the tree with the. Uh, oh. Yeah, he she's she's basically back up against the tree. She's like, "Don't come any closer." He's like, "And why not?" She's like, right. "This whole place is booby trapped." So he he trips a wire and that stick with like nails or something and oh. it, it fills him on the chest. 
Right. And Turk, Turk, yeah, Turk, Turk makes it towards the end when he's in the barn with Mongo and uh, he falls face first in his, uh, his uh, dirty Splenda pile. I love the finale here with, uh, with <clears throat> Mongo where she's basically, it's like the showdown you've been waiting for that you didn't know you were waiting for. <laughs> <laughs> I like, yeah, I like, she basically, there's one scene where, you know, she, she basically like, it looks like she kills Mongo in the barn. Then she's going to take the money. And then the next second Mongo is behind a tree outside. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's a ghost. <laughs> yeah. It's like, but he's got teleportation powers or something. And you got St- Scott Stapp who punches Mr. Wilson in the back of the head and blood comes out of the front of his forehead. That's a punch, man. He's, he's got those, like those, uh, those spike knuckle things on his, on his fists. Then it's cause she, she runs out. Mongo's trying to grab her. He puts her against a tree, then he like knock her out or something. Then he goes for putting on the unicorn helmet again. Well, he tries to go at her like a bull or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kicking up dust. His, his spike basically gets stuck in a tree, and that gives her, you know, just the right moment to grab her axe and just off with his head. Yeah, and she goes full on Sally Hardesty at the at the end here. <laughs> She goes to the end of the road where the sun's almost setting, and she's doing her crazy "I just killed everybody" dance. <laughs> yeah, it's like so, an insult to poor, to poor uh, Marilyn Burns there, Johnny. Hey, you know what? I, I, this is what it seemed like they were trying to imitate, though. It yeah. seemed like yeah, very poorly. Kinda. Yeah. <laughs> well, because she does the spin and everything. She's like spinning around. <laughs> you know what? I'm not, no, I'm not even thinking. Of, I'm not even thinking of Sally Hardesty. You know what? No, that's, I'm thinking of Caroline, Caroline Williams. Yeah, yeah part, part yeah. Uh, stretch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm it's it's weird because I said I thought the exact same thing when I saw it. I was like, man, they they kind of pulled a Texas two on us. <laughs> yep, that's it. They, she pulled a stretch. Yeah, she, <laughs> she pulled a Steve Miller. Oh, she took yeah. the money and run. This oh. is definitely not a multi million dollar operation running out here. <laughs> I mean, they're lucky if they get enough to buy a pizza or something. But that's why they keep saying that one more job. When they do that one more job, <laughs> they'll have enough to buy a rental house. <laughs> I almost feel like I almost feel like they've been saying that one more job thing for like the last seven years. <laughs> just one more. Just what you said that last time. No, no, just one more. Yeah, right. <laughs> man. My car payment's almost made, man. We got to do one more. Oh. Man, so uh, did you guys, uh, what were they thinking, man? What did you ever think about? What were they thinking? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know what they were thinking. <laughs> well, me, I didn't know why they, they, they had this woman who everybody was, was obviously attracted to, and she was dressed like, the heroine in this movie was dressed like a, like a 1970s housekeeper. Like, right. she was dressed like, like Alice from from um, uh, Brady Bunch. Yeah. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, she man. turns into like a little Rambina later, though. She gets all that. She looks. Like she went shopping at the Gap or something. Some high fashion '80s kind of sexual uh, Tarzan Jane attire or something, swinging from trees, and she looks all foxy out there now. You say she looks foxy, but if you guys noticed on the uh, like the the video VHS cover art for this, that's not even her. It's like a, right. it's like a yeah. different woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just what were they thinking? Just in general, man. I mean, th- these these guys. I guess it goes all the way back to the script because <laughs> this is a dumb bunch bunch of bad guys, man. They People just tell are. me all the time that I need to I need to watch Narcos. They're like, dude, it's a, such a great story. I'm like, no, I've seen they call me Macho Woman. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I know how Narcos ends, guys. I know what happens to Pablo Escobar, aka Mongo. <laughs> <laughs> There's even a point in this movie where the the black guy basically says, "Hey, aren't we supposed to be the bad guys? I mean, you're doing a you're doing a piss poor job of being a bad guy." 
<laughs> Man. Any 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 good lessons from bad movies? Like what this one had to have some. Yeah, if you're gonna be on the side of the road and your car breaks down, just keep throwing rocks that are out there at your feet. Don't go pick up the other rocks that you've already thrown, because it may lead to you, you know, fighting a bunch of druggies. <laughs> I'd just say if you're gonna if you're gonna purchase some real estate, go to someone like reputable like Keller Williams and not Cecil the the barnyard <laughs> Kmart jacketed fool. <laughs> <laughs> Kmart jacket. One of the lessons I learned from this is that all cocaine is at least thirty three percent barn dirt. <laughs> <laughs> I learned. I learned to just do it. 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 <laughs> this seems like this seems like something that they would make people watch, like those specific scenes where they're all circling the dude at the beginning and and they're saying do it. It's just like something that the Scientologists would make their recruits watch. Oh man! Yeah. <laughs> if there is one final lesson to learn from this movie, it's that she's gonna die. She's gonna die. <laughs> you hear me? You understand? She's gonna die. <laughs> no, another another good lesson and something we 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 shouldn't overlook is the fact that you shouldn't let the width of a road frighten you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, that's such a weird thing to say. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> you, he was picking up on her, man. <laughs> and uh, if you're if you're an Asian who holds his honor in high regard, do not <laughs> underestimate the power of ballet. <laughs> oh man! man. What about uh, how would you guys upgrade this? Any upgrades? More, I don't know. I, more I martial like, arts uh, dudes. <laughs> yeah, more, more Chang and maybe uh, less white. Maybe yeah, <laughs> less, less white. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I, I put that I would like to have less pickaxes in the soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> you expect the background to hear hi ho, hi ho. <laughs> Uh, that or I would like to hear, I'm working in a coal mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think I'm getting the you know, the, the, only, the only other thing, I, that's great, Zoolander. <laughs> yes. The only thing I would upgrade about this movie also is I would just appreciate they did less shots of dudes just full-on grabbing her gaunch. <laughs> like, that happens about three times in this movie, and I'm like, come on, this is getting a little bit uncomfortable. <laughs> I think they should have had a musical number in the middle of it by Scott Stapp. And Greg Allman. <laughs> Dude, if you really look, there probably were some other characters in this movie. Because I noticed some background ones that looked like straight out of some like 80s music videos. Oh, yeah. Now I need to go back and watch it again, but I don't think a third time is going to happen this week. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of those special movies you watch like once a year as, like a, as a treat to yourself. And now you paired up with Ninja 3, The Domination, which we covered Heck on the yeah. show. which. It's a great pairing. That's a, it's like a perfect double bill right there. It's like a perfect pair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lucinda Dickey is in it, you know. <laughs> but uh, where would you guys sit this on the bus? Joseph, you want to go first? I feel like I couldn't in good conscience put this on the front of the bus because I mean, let's face it, it's it's a it's a it's a real shit pickle. But you know, I'd be fair I'd be fair I'd be fair and say I'd give it like the second seat because it's 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 very, very entertaining. Yep. Um it's just it's so bad it's good. So I'd say the second seat on the bus for me. I, I totally agree, man. Go. That's exactly where <laughs> right I put it too, yeah. I, I think it's not good enough to be on the front. It's no party animal, but <laughs> but it's pretty it's pretty entertaining, man. I think I'm gonna. I, I was gonna go second. I think I want to go middle of the bus. Like, mm-hmm. like, and the only reason I say that's just because I really did enjoy this. 
but I feel like if if the first part of the movie had the kind of action the last part of it had, it would have been a lot more entertaining. Like yeah. I, like you said, more more Chang or more just more confrontations instead of all the you know the chasing and getting caught and the chasing and getting caught. If there were a lot more like you know, fighting, yeah. yeah, less gaunch grabbing. Yes, less gaunch <laughs> grabbing. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean that that pretty much does it for. Um, yeah. I, I, hey, I, I say or, uh, I say give it a shot, man. I say go watch watch this movie. I mean, <laughs> I think if you it's free like, on YouTube, yeah, if you yeah. like some of the stuff that we've covered here and you trust our opinion, oof, that's dangerous. But yeah, man, <laughs> go check this one out. I think you're going to have a lot of fun with it. I think it's a lot of fun. And it they doesn't call me Macho welcome. Woman. <laughs> they call me Macho a- Woman, aka a- 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 Savage Instinct. If you're looking right. for it. I don't think it's going to get a Blu-ray release, so I don't don't see that ever happening. (laughs) You know what, though? Hey, uh, I just saw that they're putting out uh, Mac and Me on Blu-ray, and uh, I never thought that would happen. Hey, that's possible. Anything's possible, man. I agree, man. (laughs) It's short. It's like an 80-minute movie, so I think you know it's a good movie to get in and out of. Yep, eighty minutes never took so long. (laughs) 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 Dude, you watched Death Mask. Yeah, Death Max has got a That's little charm bit, too, though, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the one with James Best, Roscoe yeah. from the Duke's Hazard. Yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Roscoe, people, get your old Death Mask. <laughs> <laughs> what, was, what was that one where he was he, hey, Charface, bird. <laughs> hey, bird Waffle Face. <laughs> waffle Face. <laughs> hey, Waffle Boy, yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. All right, we're going to take a short break. We will be right back, people. Looking for something different in your podcast library? Then why not check out the podcast Under the Stairs? I'm the host Duncan McLeish and joining me each week will be a special guest as we examine some classic old school horror favourites as well as some modern classics. That's not to say that we don't tackle some of the, let's say, more questionable entries into the horror genre. And if all that wasn't enough, we have a subset of shows called Baz V Horror, where our horror novice, The Baz, tackles horror in all shapes and forms to see who will come out victorious. So what are you waiting for? The show can be found at podcastunderthestairs.wordpress.com and on Stitcher and iTunes. The Podcast Under The Stairs is a proud member of Legion Podcast Network. This is Duncan McLeish from Under The Stairs, signing off. Folks, that's going to do it for another episode. We appreciate you hanging out with us. And at this time, I want to thank Joseph uh, for coming and hanging out with us, man. Uh, I just appreciate him listening to the show for one thing. But to come on and, and just spend some time with us and bring this this incredible, iconic movie to us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Thanks a ton, dude. I never even heard of this movie. <laughs> it's yeah, awesome. It's perfect. I'm, so. glad, I'm glad I could introduce you both to this, this, this wonderful piece of art. <laughs> Let's not press it too much. <laughs> Anyways, Joseph, if you will, man, just take this opportunity. Tell us what you got going on, everything that's happening with you. It's uh, The floor is yours, or the bus is yours. All right. <laughs> cool. Um, we put this into gear here. Uh, my name is Joseph Henson. I'm uh, the 
heterosexual member of the Hysteria Continues. We're a slasher movie podcast. Uh, We've been on the air since 2011. Got 160-odd episodes. I've done numerous Blu-ray commentaries for several slasher films. I'm also a would-be filmmaker. Uh, I do that in my spare time. But uh, love the short bus. I'm so glad you guys invited me on to talk about this movie. And uh, if you ever want me back, I am down to get on the bus. Oh, you oh, know yeah. that's going to happen. Yeah, that's definitely going to oh, yeah. happen. Oh, yeah, awesome. <laughs> and it just let me just let me fin- let me let me uh, let me let me uh, get out of here by saying Margarita. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, man. Man, uh, yeah, we appreciate you coming on, man. This again, this is uh, you know Johnny and I said it before. This this movie is perfect for this show, and uh, all of our fans out there, you know what that means. So yeah, you got to check this one out. But yeah, we'll definitely come back. And we were just talking a little bit off air. We may even do a commentary for this one. And maybe another short bus special coming up pretty soon. So if you want to on the Facebook page, whatever, let us know if you're into that kind of thing. Or if you like more, you know, rapey movies like this. (laughs) (laughs) If if that's your bag, then just say, hey, guys, let's do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. (laughs) It's like a, you can almost splice in that the intro to the show is where, where uh, Tone Lokes says, let's do it. Even, let's do, do, it, it, do, do it, it. Do it. Do it. Do it. I'll work on that. I may try to do That's that awesome. for this episode. Let's do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. He's got the, the, the Tone Loke voice. Yeah. Oh, oh man. man. It's been fantastic. Hey, folks, if you will, take the time. Go check us out on everywhere. Google, Facebook, join our groups. If you don't, that's fine, too. But we'd love to have you in the groups. If you're listening on iTunes, hey, leave us a little review, man, because that makes, you know, that'll give us, like, two. <laughs> no, we actually, actually, we have a lot on there now. Oh, do we? Yeah, I think we're up to, like, ten, and they're all five-star. I, uh, I, 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 looked, I looked the other day, and I was really impressed. I apologize, folks, because two things. One, I can't read, and two, I can't count. So all those things are just, it's just like hieroglyphics to me. So thank you if you Poor. did put something nice on there. Poor <laughs> we really appreciate it, yeah. yeah absolutely. Because, <laughs> hey, if we're, we're going to go through this, you're going to go through it too. <laughs> we're dragging we you along with you us. <laughs> all right, man. So that's that's it for this episode. Johnny, you got anything else you want to say, buddy? That is it, man. That is it. Joseph, again, buddy, thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you for having me. Folks, we will see you later. Adios. Bye.
Thank you.